Well, good morning. Lights. I'd like to see. Thank you. Who ah, shouldn't look right at them when they're turning them on? <laughs> Do that, but it's good, honey. You're good. You're set. Well, good morning. I am so glad that you're here, and we're probably not going to. There we go. All right. Now it's going to work. But anyway, so um, yeah, technology is wonderful until it doesn't work. So we're, we're going we're gonna to just bust through this anyway. But I'm so glad you're here. If you were here last week, we started a whole other series called Made for Mission. And, and the idea is that you and I have a mission. You and I are all called, and, and we all have a calling on our lives and everything. And last week, that's kind of what we went through. And, and I challenge you, and I hope that you took that challenge this past week of just finding that one more. You know, that one more person, that one more thing I can do, the one more, the one more conversation, the one more invitation, what, whatever that one more is, is that that's what we're living in this year. Is the idea that I pray every day, God, one more, one more person to talk to, one more family to come to the church, one more, one more Sunday, one more, because we're made for a mission. And our mission is to change the world. I mean, as we talked about last week, we all know we're called. We all know that we have a calling on our lives. And so that becomes the question, okay, what does that look like? And that's really what I want to talk about this morning is what, what that mission starts to look like and how it should look like in, in, in our lives. And, and so we're going to answer that question this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 9. If you don't have them, we have them spread out everywhere. Um, you can grab it. You can take it. Put your name in it. That's our gift to you. If you'd rather use uh, electronic devices, we have a Wi-Fi here. Uh, GBC guest, just type in find more <coughs> in lower caps and everything. But this morning, we're going to take a look at what exactly our mission is. If we know we're called, if we know that there is a calling of lives, and every single person on this planet has a calling of lives, then what's that look like? So, as always and forever, these are the only words that matter this morning. I mean, it's true. I can be as creative as I want to be, but I will never say what these words say in my own words. It is these words that make the difference. Um, This is the only authority we have. This is the only authority I have to speak or to stand up here and preach. It's the only reason we can be a church is because of these words. And and out of respect for that and out of acknowledgement, that, I just ask if you'll stand with me as we read in Luke chapter 9. Starting at verse 57. It says this, and he says, as they were traveling on the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus told him, foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. Lord, he said, first, let me go bury my father. But he told him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. You pray with me. God, I thank you for this morning. God, as we continue to discover this mission, this calling you have on us. God, I just pray that this morning these would be your words, not mine. God, this isn't about kind of a, this isn't a pep rally. This isn't. A hurrah, this is just us trying to figure out what you've called us to do and then to have the courage to do it. So God, would you just move in our midst this morning? God, would you speak to each heart? Would you meet us right where we're at? But God, move us from there. 
change us this morning. Encourage us. Light a fire in us, Father. Confront the things that need to be confronted, God. And may we get down to the business of your kingdom this morning. And may it reflect on us as we leave these doors. God, I pray for ears to hear, for hearts to respond, and that courage, the boldness to live it out every single day. Father, may the lives be changed. May revival begin today. And start with me. And may you get all the glory for it and all the credit. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, so that becomes the question then. If, if you're here and if you know anything, if you've been around church at all, if you know there's always someone preaching, usually the first year we're all called, you know, we've got a job to do and everything. It's kind of this hoorah kind of pep rally type thing. And that, it breaks my heart time that church has become more of a pep rally than, than something that we are equipped and challenged to go and we get out and leave and we're changed. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I've just been sensing that over the last maybe 10 years or so that, that we like to say the things that tickle ears. We like to say things that make people smile and laugh and stuff. And I like being funny, and I like it when you laugh and you say amen and all this stuff. But the truth of the matter is, is if it's not translating itself out there, then it's a waste of time to be in here. I mean, I, I went to a high school, and we had pep rallies every week, and my football team was horrible. It did absolutely nothing to help us win whatsoever. And so the last thing we need is a pep rally. I was a Florida State fan this year, and I will proudly admit that, as horrible as we were this year, pep rallies did absolutely nothing for them. It, it is God's word, and it is our commitment that we are going to go and do this and say, I'm going to live it. And as I've always said, as I will continue to say, if we're not the church out there, we can't be the church in here. And, and I think we, we've lost that. So, so what is my mission? If I know I'm called, if I know that's what, what's going on, then, then what's my mission? And I, and I think Jesus made it very clear and modeled it very clear. If you back up in that chapter a little bit in Luke 9, back in verse 51, it says, When the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up, he determined to journey to Jerusalem. There's a fact that we need to know that Jesus was on a mission. Nothing deterred him from his mission. Literally, uh, some translations that, that, that said that he was determined, it's like a resoluteness. That he looked on a hill, he was actually looking at Jerusalem, knowing that I'm going to this city, I'm going to this place where they're going to kill me. And I'm going to take upon the sin of the world, and I'm going to provide grace, and I'm going to provide hope, and I'm going to restore everything. That was his mission, and nothing deterred him from that mission. That it was to re reconcile the world back to the creator, the creation, the creator, back again, way back, because it was us that walked away. It was us that said, God, I can do it better myself. I've got a better plan than you. I'm going to try it my way. And it didn't work. By the way, it still doesn't work. And I've been, I've been in ministry like over 30 years. I've been a part of every mentor program. I spent a lot of years in youth ministry, and we were mentoring kids, and we were doing all kinds of help things. And I've been in churches that talk all about self-help and, and how do you schedule your time and time management and how do you do your money and all this stuff. And all that stuff is really good. But the fact of the matter is, is we need a Savior, and Jesus is it. And none of that other stuff will help us at all until we get to that point. And that was Jesus' mission, to let the world know that there is a way. There was only one way, one truth, one life. 
And that was his mission, and he was, he was focused on it. And so if he's our rabbi, we're called to that same mission, to continue on what he began, to be resolute, to be determined, to keep moving forward. In fact, in fact late earlier in the chapter, in 923, Jesus says this. He says, then he said to them all, if anyone wants to follow after him, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Now, those words have lost power today because we're like, take up a cross. All right, I'll sacrifice a little bit. For the people that Jesus said that to, it'd be like me looking at you and says, listen, I want you to deny yourself. Take up your electric chair from the execution chamber of the prisoners and follow me. It was that harsh. It was that strong of a statement. And we, we've kind of lost the idea that it's my job to continue. It's my calling, my mission to continue what Jesus began. We are called to that same mission. Always have been. It's always been about the gospel. The message of God's kingdom, God, God's plan of redemption for his plan. That's our mission. And so the question is, is are we distracted from our mission today? Hey, let me ask you this. How many of you guys got cell phones? Pull them out. Pull out, pull out your cell phones. It's okay. It's all right. I told you we have Wi-Fi. Some of you are using your Bible. It's okay. Listen, pull out your cell phones. I, 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 want you to, I want you to say, I think the number one strategy of our enemy is not, not hopelessness, not, 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 not to try to get us down. It is to distract us. It is to distract us from this. And so I, I got some statistics for you. So first of all, on average, we check our cell phones 110 times per day. That's nine times per hour that we check our cell phone. Keep them out. Don't put them away. 55% of people text while driving. That's six times more dangerous than driving drunk or causing a wreck. 55% text while driving. 84% of people say they cannot make it through one day without having their cell phone. 50% of teens admit they are addicted to their cell phones. Just a question. How many of you actually like checked your cell phone when you pulled it out? And so like, oh, I got a new email. I got a call. I got to make that. We're distracted. We, 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 we get distracted. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to make you raise your hands and say, like, yeah, I did check it, and I was playing Candy Crush. I had one more move. Because, <laughs> by the way, I see you from up here, so I, I know. I'm like, wait a minute. Scripture doesn't move this. I, they're playing a game, so... <laughs> Put them away. No. <laughs> Lifeway did a survey not too long ago. 80% of all churchgoers agreed strongly that it is our job to share our faith. It is our job to spread the gospel. 61% said they haven't done it in the past six months. You see, we... We are distracted. And this morning, it, this may step on some toes a little bit, and that's right. My toes have been stepped on all week as I have read this, and I've been studying this and everything. But our mission is to do continue the mission that Jesus started. Our mission is to join him and follow in. But I think the problem is in our churches, in our lives, we've, we've become distracted. We've been distracted from our mission. 
And that's really where I want to sit this morning and, and how we have done that. So turn your Bibles back to Luke 9. We see in this passage, again, there's people. Jesus had been doing some amazing miracles, and there was a lot of people that were following him. A lot of people were like, man, I just I want to jump on this bandwagon and, and, and all this stuff, and, and I just want to do that. And, and, and he's headed to Jerusalem now. In fact, before, he's tell, he told his disciples exactly, I'm going there to die. And they didn't pay attention. They didn't understand yet. And so in verse 57, as they're traveling, he starts, more people start coming out. It says, verse 57 says, as they were traveling on the road, someone said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus looks at him and tells him, foxes have dens, the birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. Lord, he said, first let me go bury my father. But he told him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let, first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Those are pretty harsh statements. If you just take them for, for what they are and, and, and just kind of face value, that, that sounds pretty harsh. Like if you're trying to recruit people and like get people to join your church and stuff, you know, I'm not going to sit there like, I want to come to church. Well, our seats are so uncomfortable. And you, you've got to give everything, and you got to no, know wh- who you want to call? No, I'm not going to do that. But, I mean, Jesus is honest about this. And, and because I think there are three distractions, he talks about this, that we all kind of slip into, or we may have already slipped into this morning. And, and so the very first one I want to look at is the mission of comfort. The mission of comfort. And that's the very first person. This guy comes up to him and says, man, I will follow you wherever you go. And look what Jesus says. Right off the bat, it says, oh, great, but you know, foxes have dens, birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Basically, yeah, you can follow me, but you're going to be homeless. Cool? You ready to go? I mean, I mean, the truth is, is that so often we look for comfort, and we think our faith is supposed to be comfortable. How many of you, before you go on a trip, pray, God, I just pray you keep us safe as we travel? It's a good prayer. There's nothing wrong with that prayer. But what if the idea is that Jesus isn't about keeping us safe, but about making us dangerous? What if our comfort zone, whatever that is, is the thing keeping us from fulfilling that mission? God, I'm not not comfortable talking to people, so I'll just pray for them quietly where no one can hear. God, I'm not, I'm not comfortable in leading something because, I mean, that's, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't know how to do that. What, what if it is our comfort that keeps away? We live in a culture of comfort. Think about it. Man, I, I was going to put up pictures, but there's just so much. There's a lazy boy chair out there that has its own refrigerator, built-in remote, and like a massage thing. You never have to leave. And if you pay extra, they'll put a toilet in it. <laughs> <laughs> we have become so engrossed with our comfort that we have lost the idea that God calls us not to be comfort, but to step out of our comfort zone. That's when things change. That's when God gets the glory, when it's not what I can do, but it's only what he can do. And the only time we get there is when we step out of our comfort zones. 
I remember starting in youth ministry years and years ago. My wife reminds me of this all the time where I talk to kids and I don't mind talking kids because I was bigger than them and I could intimidate them a little bit. And I look at this, I don't ever want to talk to adults. <laughs> I don't ever want to be a pastor. I'll be a youth pastor. Let him get the blame. <laughs> I'm just a youth pastor. I don't know. Ask the pastor. I was good with that. For years, people looked at me and said, you know, what? you should go pastor church, start a church. I'm like, no. <laughs> this is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done in my life. And I've met God more in the last five years than I have in the last 45 years of my life. Because we don't, we don't get there until we are willing to just let go of our comforts, let go of our safety. Because nowhere in this Bible does it say God promised you safety. Except in eternity. It doesn't say that. I think God's looking for some people that are willing to be a little dangerous. So the question this morning, the first question is, what happens when our comfort gets in the way of our calling? What do you choose? Well, I just like it this way. I, I like being here, and it's, I'm safe here, and I'm good here, and I don't have to do anything. That's not going to change the world. And so our first distraction, yes, it, it's It's comfort. And we, we all deal with it. But, but our second one is the mission of commitments. Mission of commitments. Look, look, at, um, look at verse 59 and 60. Jesus actually looks at this person and says, hey, he said, follow me. Lord, he said, first let me go bury my father. But he told him, let the dead bury, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. That sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? Lord, I'll follow you, but, you know, my dad's really, really sick, so let me go bury him first. And there's a couple of things I want you to realize. First of all, if his dad had already died, the burial would have been the focus. It's like, hey, I just, you know, but let me go. The way the Greek is kind of put in there, it's almost like my dad is sick and stuff, and I don't know how long he's going to be sick, but but I'm, I'm going to go take care of him and do that first see what what this man doesn't understand i think what so many of us don't understand is there is an urgency to the mission that we're on there is an urgency for churches to be established to grow and spread and plant more churches for people to step out of their comfort zones to share the gospel and do that because there is a world dying and going to hell and if that doesn't bother you this morning, then you and I need to talk about the Jesus you know and the Jesus I know because it breaks my heart every day I walk through Universal Studios, every day I walk through my neighborhood and I drive over here and see the people that are lost and hopeless. There is an urgency and nothing should come before that. <coughs> In fact, the real translation, the, the, the real translation is he's going, you know, Lord, first, let me tell you, Lord, I want to do this first. I got to take care of this first. God, I need to study a little bit more. I need to have a little bit more knowledge. Maybe I need to go to some more Bible studies or I'll take a class on evangelism or, or, or maybe I need to watch videos or, or, or I need to do this. But Lord, let me first do this and do that. Let me take care of my like finances. Once I'm retired and I have all the money and we're set, then I can go and do whatever you want me to do. 
Lord, first let me do that. Where the actual way we should do it says, Lord, you're first. First, Lord, what do you need me to do? See, because that, that's what we're called to do. We let other commitments, we let, I mean, everything. Family, friends, jobs, careers, plans, strategies, we all put it there. So first, Lord, let me do this. And while the mission is happening without us, there's an urgency to this mission. There is a world in desperate need more than any other time. Just watch the news that needs hope. There's an urgency, but we make our commitments to something else. And we say, Lord, first let me do this where it should be first, Lord. Whatever you say. That's what Jesus told us. That's what he said in Matthew 6, 6.33. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. The very first thing is God's kingdom. It's the only one that's going to last. It's the only thing that we can invest in that's going to go into eternity with us. Everything else, whatever, your 401K, your business, your family, all that stuff, it's all going to go away. God's kingdom lasts forever, and so we first seek that. And then God promises, I'll take care of the other stuff. What's your first commitment? I can tell you, for a lot of people, if I went around and surveyed every church in the area, it's not the church and it's not God's plan. It's my kid's soccer game. Or it's, it's the playoffs, and we're hoping Dallas loses. <laughs> There's the, that game's coming. I've got, I got to sit here and watch the game. I've been waiting for that one game. It's, it's everything else that we put there. And by the way, you know what the Bible calls that? Idolatry. You have no other gods before me. You have no idols. And whenever we put anything before that calling, before that mission, no matter what it is, as good as it seems, as good as it looks, my family, my job, all this stuff. It is a God that we have placed before him. It is idolatry. And we are called that our first commitment is him. It's not what I want. It's what he's calling me to do. It's what he's made me to do. It's not my opinion. It's not my preference. It's him first. That's why so many people church jump around. They go where they can be entertained or they go where like, okay, this has just the right things and stuff and and, and all stuff. Can I tell you, you want to join this church? I'm going to let you know. We're small. We have enough money to pay the bills and keep the lights on. God blesses us every week. Every single person here has a job and needs to do a part of the job because if you expect me to do it all, it's going to be horrible and it's going to set on fire, I promise you, because I can't do it all. I'm not even good at it all. This part, I'm pretty good at, and so I like doing this part and stuff, but the rest of it, it's horrible. We, we need everybody to be a part of it. We need everyone to say, I'm committed to this body. I'm committed to this family. This is where God has called me, and so I'm going to join in a covenantal relationship, and I'm going to do that. That's what we ask. That's what we believe because we want to make commitments, and it's not a commitment necessarily to the church. It's what God is doing in this church, and you feel like God is moving this church, and God has a plan for this community through this church, then join us. 
we play with these commitments like, oh, here's my calling. I can do a little bit of it. I can just keep it, well, let's set it down. It's prettier on the base. And do, but we never dive all the way in. God is calling us to be all in. That's the only option, to be all in. And can I tell you something? If it's not here, if you're like, man, I just like coming here, but I just really don't feel led, then talk to me. I will find you a place where you can serve and commit and be in because I don't. This church is going to go away. I'm for one church and one church only, the one that Jesus Christ is the head, and he's going to be the pastor. I'm going to be the greeter, and we're going to build that church. That's what we're about. But where we're at at the time, we have to be all in. We can't give up because of comfort or commitments. It's not Lord first, it's first Lord. The final thing is the mission of competition that gets in our way. The things that compete for us. Verse 61, it says, another said, I'll follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Again, that sounds really harsh. All he wants to do. I mean, how many of you, if I said, hey, we're leaving today for the Ukraine. Let's go. Just, we're getting on a plane. I mean, he didn't have texting back then. He didn't have anything. He couldn't go on Facebook. Going on a mission trip. Woo, hashtag gay. I mean, none of that stuff. He's just like, hey, can I go say goodbye? Can I go say goodbye? But the problem is. It was like, but I need to do this first. But can 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 I go do take care of this? Can I because you know it is my family, Lord. So so can I do that? And and the other thing, it wasn't really like he was asking, but he was telling him, "I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go and say goodbye to my house, and then I'll do whatever." You ever try to bargain with God? God, I'll do this. I'll go share the gospel. I will give my life to missions and stuff. But that word but changes everything, doesn't it? That word but changes all of it. It's the most powerful word in, in the language. Just think about that. I love you, but. We had a boy, but. I think. You did an awesome job today, but changes everything, doesn't it? I, I think Jesus is looking for someone that will come in with humility. That will say, not my will, not my stuff, yours. See, we're, we're never called to go back in this calling, in this mission. We're never called to step back and go back the way it was. That, that's the problem for a lot of churches. We get stuck in like one certain way that we do things. And we, we get stuck in, in like this is how we've always done it. So that's how we're going to keep doing it. And culture changes and, and the world changes. And I'm not saying the message never changes. That's the one sure thing. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away. My word will remain. This doesn't change. But the way we do things may change a little bit. And we get stuck. Well, we can't do that. Or we'd like to do that. But... And that butt gets in the way. We are always called to strain forward, to move forward. It is a constant battle. If you go into Ephesians where he talks about the armor, if you read that, notice there's nothing to cover your backside because you're never supposed to turn around. You're never supposed to take a step back. We are the kingdom of God, and we march forward. 
That's what we're called to do. That's how we're supposed to live. That's what Paul was talking about in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. The guy that wrote most of the New Testament says this, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to take hold of it. I haven't grasped all this. I don't understand all of it. But one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I'm reaching forward for, to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. It is forward movement. In comfort, in commitments, in competing voices, always pull us back. Man, we are called to move forward, and we have got to get rid of the butts. Because if you're like me, there are some big butts out there. Big <laughs> one about it, and you know what? The funny thing is, I got several big butts. And, and, and before you before you discard me or, or wince at the disgusting notion of that, I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that possibly you have at least one big butt as well. Yeah, you like that? Hurts a little, huh? Let me tell you something. Let me just tell you something, okay? Everybody we know has a big butt. And more often than not, it's the thing that actually gets in the way of us living a consistent life for Jesus. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. But I'm going to expound a little bit, okay? See if you can recognize some of these butts. But I have to work more. But my favorite TV show is on. But my kids have practice. But I gotta tweet something. But it's such a beautiful day. But I'm just not in the mood. But I deserve a break today. You see, everything kind of interferes with my life of, of just living an authentic life for God, okay? And more often than not, it always has something to do with some sort of butt, okay? Even the littlest of butt can distract me. It really can. The littlest of butt can make me think, well, ah, I'm not going to pray today. I'm not going to think about it today. I'm not going to deny myself. I'm not going to read the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Whatever God asks me to do, I seem to have a butt for it and get away, okay? And the most horrendously big butt of all time is the butt that gets in the way of me just hanging out with God and reading his word. It's true. Think about it. All the times you're about to open that, and all of a sudden, a big giant butt gets in the way. A butt much like one of these. But I got a farm bill, but I'm tired, but the game's over, but I read last Tuesday, but I gotta check Facebook, but I don't like Leviticus, but it's too hot in here, but I, I just don't like books, but I don't understand it, but it's boring. But what does that have to do with me in the 21st century? Those are some ugly butts, people. Let's just call them what they are, ugly. Ugly butts, okay? And there's a lot more to them, sad but true. Here's a list, although not exhaustive, of some of the most popular butts known to mankind. But I don't have enough money yet. But others will think that I'm a nerd if I carry the Bible. But they won't like me if I talk about Jesus. But I don't know if God will do what I ask. But I just can't get motivated. But I'm afraid. But I don't have all the answers. But the small group is the same night as Monday Night Football. But can I just let my life speak for itself? But I'm not happy. But that's not my gift. That's the pastor's job. But I don't know how to pray. But I can't believe that. But I don't know where to start. But everybody else is having fun. Butts abound, friend. But, 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 but. Here a but, there a but. Everywhere a but, but. Okay? And, and, and the most overused but of all time, but I just don't have enough time. Really? Oh, come on. We have a lot of buts. God has given us a real simple word. Okay? If we learn it and we share it and we teach it and we live by it, then see, God gets glorified, people benefit, and then we get blessed. That's why we do what we do. That's the why behind the butt. Okay? And ultimately, that's the whole point I'm trying to make here, my fellow butt lovers, is if your butt is bigger than your why, then your butt's too big. Okay, it's time to, metaphorically speaking, snap into a slim gym. Okay, let's slap on some spiritual shape-ups and hit the road a little bit so we can just manage the butts a little bit. That's all we're trying to do. That's what we're talking about. Let's minimize the excuses. 
shrink the butts. Shrink the butts. Say it with me. Shrink the butts. That's what we need to do. And you and I can do that together. We can conquer this. You and I can do it. We start the day, okay? I know we can. Let's just do it. No ifs, ands, or... fact is Jesus came to make followers not a following there's a huge difference and, and, and our butts and our comfort and our commitments they get in the way of the mission that we are created to do that we are called to do that Jesus died for us to do are you a follower today or are you just a part of a following because if we're a follower, then we will come in humility. We will come and say, God, I lay down any comfort. God, I, I lay down my commitments or the things that compete with you. I lay them down because I want to be part of something that changes the world. I want to be part of something bigger than myself. I want to be part of something that's going to last forever. We are called to follow Jesus and to be just like him. And the truth is that may cost you everything. But I think Jesus put it the best when he says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? That's what we're called. We're called to be on mission. That's why, that's why we're doing these, these blessing bags because we want an opportunity to open a door to say someone to tell someone about Jesus that he, they're cared for, they love for. That's why I pray every single day, God, one more, one more Sunday, one more person, one more day, one more. God, give us one more day just to serve, to tell, to do that. But I can't do that, and you can't do that if I am filled with buts and distractions. And so this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sit there and say, what are my distractions on your chair is this little piece of paper it says no more distractions and I'm going to pray for us and pray for you and then the band's going to come up and they're going to start playing and they're going to sing a response song and if you were a person this morning says man I, I, I was made for mission I'm, I'm ready but there have been distractions this is what I challenge you to do I encourage you to write it down. God, this has been my distraction. I've, been, I've allowed myself just to stay comfortable. God, I've, I've been committed to these things, and I, I want to put you first. Uh, these things are competing for my attention and my focus on you. What, whatever it is, I challenge you to just write it down. And then to have the courage to come up here and just say, I let it go. And drop it in the basket. to step up and and i know but someone may think that i got it all together but 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 forget the buts god has called us this church us as a people to be on mission and it can start today if we get rid of the distractions what's my mission to carry on what Jesus started. That's what they need out there.
That's the only thing that makes us a church. When we go out there and we continue the mission. That's what I'm challenging you to do today. Let's pray.